time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Time for another Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn Mosseller. Glenn's a registered financial consultant and the founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting with an office in Greensboro on Muir's Chapel Road. And you can find us online at greensbororetirement.com. And on the podcast today, I'm going to throw Glenn a couple of different hypothetical questions to find out what the answers might look like if I were in some different situations. So we'll kind of cover a couple of different topics on today's show, but I think it'll be fun because it'll be as if I were a client or if I was somebody who had questions for a financial advisor and what those answers might look like. So Glenn, I think this should be some fun. Are you all set to go? Let's do it, Walter. All right. I'm going to pepper you with a couple of different perspectives here, so be ready. First one, let's say that I'm feeling pretty good about the amount of money that I have in savings relative to the income that I'm actually going to need in retirement. However, I'm a little worried about nursing home care and the costs associated with that because I really don't have a good feel for how to plan for it. What would be your normal approach and how would you help somebody like me? Well, Walter, I mean, you'd be right to be concerned, right? I mean, it's one of those things. I think that um, planning for long-term care is one of the more challenging pieces of the puzzle when it comes to retirement planning because you know that you're going to need income throughout your retirement life. You know you, you know that there are certain things that are absolutely going to happen, but you don't really know for certain that the long-term care need is going to be there for you or your spouse. But at the same time, you know that the odds are that probably at least one of you is going to need some help there. So, you know, the first thing, you know, we want to kind of take a look at is I always think in terms of long-term care insurance is asset protection insurance, right? Because, you know, in essence, it's helping you hedge that risk so that it doesn't, you know, take the money from the rest of your nest egg and it helps you hedge that risk, so to speak. So we want to kind of look and see, you know, well, what kind of assets do you have? Do you have a plan to leave them to kids or grandkids or certain legacy goals and whatnot? You know, do you have enough to be concerned about that you're going to, oh my goodness, you know, if this gets depleted, I'm going to have a problem. And so when we start thinking about that, because we have to think about not only is are we going to have a hedge, but there's also going to be, if we implement this kind of a hedge against long-term care costs, there's going to be some expense to it, or at the very least, you're going to be taking a portion of your assets and putting it in place to guard the rest of it. So that would be the first thing that I would be thinking about. You know, and then secondly, just thinking in terms of, well, you know, if you were in that place, you know, what is your goal in terms of, you know, would you want to stay in, in your own home for, you know, as long as you can? Some people, the answer to that is absolutely positively yes. I talk to other folks and know that they're ready to, you know, sell their house and move into, you know, a retirement community and they'd start off, you know, an independent living and then they would progress through. So we would really want to explore what are your thoughts around the idea of aging and long-term care and, and all the different things. We'd also want to think in terms of, you know, what income sources do you have? You know, most everybody's going to have Social Security and some people are going to have pensions, some are not. Some are going to have retirement accounts and some are going to have other types of accounts as well. And so one of the things that I would do is it's like, well, what are your current plans before we start talking? And then we start to get an idea of how you're thinking about it, Walter. And then from that point, we begin to, you know, basically chunk down to, okay, well, these are the known things that we have in your particular situation. And then we need to think in terms of, well, do we, how much additional do we need to potentially guard against those costs of long-term care? And realistically, Walter, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Everybody's in a little bit different position in terms of the resources 
resources that they have and their thoughts about what they want, you know, for those retirement years or possibly moving into, you know, a, an independent living situation early on. Other folks just want to stay in their house as long as they possibly can. So it's a discovery process that I typically walk through with folks. And more often than not, it's one of those things that folks haven't really thought in great depth. And it really brings out some interesting thoughts. And they think, hmm, I, I never really thought about it that way. But this would probably make more sense for my situation than something else that maybe a friend or you know some other family member had done. That conversation really starts to begin to solve some of the questions and answer some of the questions that really need to be asked. So many uh, different things to, I think, analyze when you start talking about Healthcare, or more specifically, nursing home costs. It's a big issue that a lot of people have concerns about, and that's why we talk about it here on the podcast all the time. All right, I feel satisfactorily answered on my question, Glenn, so good job on the first one. And I don't mean satisfactory like average. I mean uh, like a good answer. I'm, I'm, I am satisfied is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> let's, say uh, let's say I'm in a different position here, Glenn. Let's say I'm worried about life insurance, but I'm kind of skeptical. I've heard differing theories about the idea of using life insurance as an investment. What's your take on you know potentially using it as an investment vehicle? Well, Walter, I mean – the first thing you got to realize is that it's not an investment, it's insurance, right? Now, that being said, you know, it is a financial product and there are different types of life insurance out there. You know, there's whole life, there's index life, there's term, there's all kinds of different products out there that are going to serve different needs and different desires that people have. But, you know, you want to think in terms of life insurance, like anything else, it's not you know, well, let's take this product and make it fit your situation. It really is more the opposite. It's like, let's look at your situation and let's see if it fits. There are certain situations where it's going to be a very good fit. You know, if we want to, let's say, for instance, it's a married couple and we don't have a pension. And when one person passes away, there's only going to be one Social Security check. And then maybe there's some retirement accounts. But maybe those retirement accounts are not going to create enough income and cash flow. So we might want to look in terms of life insurance as a way of you know, reproducing income if something happens to you know, one of the spouses there just to have there for the other. It might be in a, a totally different situation where there might be some tax consequences in terms of the legacy. And maybe you want to think in terms of, well, I want to make sure that, you know, that Uncle Sam doesn't end up getting all of this money or that a lot of it gets eaten up in taxes. So you might think in terms of life insurance because the death proceeds of the life insurance policy are going to be tax free. And so that might help offset some of that. Or you might think in terms of, well, maybe if I do this life insurance policy, maybe I can spend some other resources that might be more taxable, you know, later down the line or be more taxable to my heirs. So realistically, Walter, you have to kind of look at it and say, well, okay, you know, it's a financial product that can be used in a lot of different ways. You don't want to think of it in terms of an investment. You need to think you know, realistically that it's insurance, but there are ways to use it that are going to you know, help fulfill an entire financial plan versus thinking, oh, well, I'm going to have everything on the insurance side or I'm going to have everything on the investment side. Realistically, there's a lot of cases where you need a little bit of blend of both, and insurance is not necessarily a bad word, and, and risk in the market's not necessarily a bad word either. Now, sometimes they can be very complementary, and so I would really say uh, let's just look at your individual situation first before you start thinking, well, somebody told me I really should do this and you know, because it's the greatest thing in the world. Well, when you start hearing those things, well, you should do this and you should do that, 
coming from somebody who may or may not have a lot of background in that, or even if they do, but they're starting to push a product solution before they really understand your situation, that should be a red flag, you know, then say, hey, wait a minute, shouldn't we look at my situation first and then determine whether or not it's a good fit? Makes a lot of sense, Glenn, and I think that's a worthwhile conversation for a lot of people to have. Does life insurance make sense for your point in life, and then does it make sense as an investment vehicle? Certainly can be different takes on that, and I think that's good analysis on your part. All right, I'm going to switch gears. I'm going to put myself in somebody else's shoes here and ask you another hypothetical question here, Glenn. Let's say I am getting pretty close to retirement, and at this point in my life, I'm not that interested in making my portfolio a lot bigger. I just don't want to lose what I have. Am I being short-sighted? The answer to that is it really kind of depends. It depends upon you and what your goals are. It also depends upon what your needs are. There are some folks that are, you know, really oriented to the idea, well, you know, they've spent their whole life, you know, I'm gonna, I've got to go for growth, I've got to keep saving and growing, you know, all my retirement accounts and those kinds of things. And that's a good mindset to have, particularly, you know, when you're in those accumulation years. But like I say, once you get to the retirement years or just the, you know, the years just before retirement, we need to start thinking more and more about maintaining those dollars, making sure that they're not going to have your account value drop significantly just before or just after you step into retirement. So we want to have that preservation and also the distribution. And realistically, Walter, there are some folks who need to have a little bit more growth than others, not only in terms of need, but also just desire. And again, you have to ultimately come back and start asking the question, well, why are you doing this? You know, are you doing this because you need to or because you want to? Do you have certain goals? Let's determine what's going on behind the scenes and the thought process and the desires and the, and the needs. And then we can kind of determine whether or not it, it makes sense to go down one path or another. Sometimes, you know, maybe you start thinking in terms of, well, maybe you can carve off a certain portion of your assets and say, okay, well, this is going to be more at risk. And those are going to be the dollars that I touched last. And I will have the dollars that I know that I'm going to need for income in the short run, or maybe over the next, you know, five to 10 years, those dollars are not going to be exposed to anywhere near as much risk as maybe some of the longer term money. And there's lots of ways to think about it. But if, again, the first thing to do is to take a step back and say, okay, well, where are you right now? What are your needs? And what kind of a plan is going to make sense for you rather than thinking, well, I just need to do this because I just feel that way. Well, I mean, that's kind of the beginning thoughts of it, but we need to dive a little deeper so that we really know whether or not that's going to be a good plan or not. Or maybe we just make slight adjustments to the plan to improve it and enhance it to make it really fit, you know, and last throughout your entire retirement years. Well said, Glenn. I, I won't have anything to add on top of that. I think that's a good philosophy and, uh, you know, direction to approach things from. So that makes a lot of sense. All right. One more question for you this week. I'll put myself in one more pair of shoes here to throw another hypothetical. Let's say I am wanting to retire early in my late 50s instead of my 60s. What are the downsides of wanting to do something like that? Well, Walter, I mean, the first things that become obvious is, you know, number one, most people start thinking about health care. You know, we know that Medicare begins at age 65 for the vast majority of folks. So if you're going to be retiring in your late 50s, how are you going to bridge that gap in terms of being able to cover, you know, any any health expenses that you might have or insurance that you might have? You know, are you going to be able to piggyback on maybe a spouse's plan? Maybe they're continuing to work. Now, that's one possibility. Or 
if you're having you out in the marketplace and find coverage, we need to make sure that we can find coverage that's manageable for the cash flow that you're going to have. Another thing might be in terms of if you're in your late 50s, you know, are you 56, 7, 8, or are you 59? Or what I'm starting to think in terms of is 59 and a half becomes that age where you can start tapping into those retirement accounts without having penalties. So that's another question. You know, where are you going to derive income from? One of the other things that kind of comes into play too, Walter, is how are you defining retirement? You know, are you defining retirement as just completely stopping work altogether? I mean, some people will define it that way. Others will say, you know, no, I'm just thinking in terms of that I'm going to retire from this particular career or this particular job. I'm going to still do some other things and I'm going to work maybe part time or, you know, I'm going to start a business or I'm going to maybe turn a hobby into a business or whatever the case may be. Their idea is that, well, no, I'm not really just going to stop work. I'm going to have other income. And then maybe I'll think in terms of phase retirement where, you know, later down the line, I'll step into this phase. And then later down the line, I'd go into, you know, another part of retirement and the way I'm thinking about organizing life, you know, with my spouse in terms of how are we going to retire? And so there's really a lot of questions there to unpack. And so you really need to start off thinking about, well, how do you look at retirement? And of course, then right away, you know, almost immediately thereafter, you start thinking about, well, where's the income going to come from? You know, are you going to have adequate health insurance to be able to bridge that gap, at least to Medicare? So those are some of the beginning thoughts, Walter. But again, it really comes down to, you know, sitting down and and looking at all of your particulars and your details about what you want to have and when you want to have it. And then a, a plan can start to develop out of conversation and, you know, and asking some good questions and having good dialogue with somebody who helps people plan for their retirement. And, you know, that's what we do. And we'd love to sit down and chat with you about, you know, what's your particular situation, because we really believe there's no such thing as a one size fits all. Everybody's case is a little different. And, you know, you really need to explore what can you do and what are your best options and you know and, and a real good discovery process and, and and you know asking some good questions and and having a good conversation really will go a long way and helping you to find you know what you really want to have happen in the early years and all throughout retirement as you make that transition well if you'd like to get in touch with glenn to talk about your situation and how you can improve your financial plan going forward he's there for you just pick up the phone and call 336-291 3535. That's 336-291-3535. Or explore more when it comes to planning for retirement on greensbororetirement.com. Lots of resources there on the website for you to tap into, learn about, listen to past podcasts, and learn about Glenn and the team some more there as well. You can also schedule a free consultation on greensbororetirement.com. Just click on the free consultation button, and that'll set you up with a time to meet with Glenn and his team there off of Muir's Chapel Road. GreensboroRetirement.com is the site. Glenn, thanks for the help on this week's program, and uh, it was fun being able to pepper you with some hypothetical questions like that, and let's do that again sometime. I think that was enjoyable. Absolutely, Walter. I look forward to it. All right, sounds good. That's Glenn Mosseller, and I'm Walter Storholt. This is the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>